Good morning. Good morning. Today I will be your presiding minister as a pastor has other responsibilities uh, for inspection, I believe. So uh, we'll, we'll be using the service of word and prayer uh, with one voice, uh, beginning on page 46. Uh, our gathering song is number 717, Come All You People. Page 46, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God. And the Word was God. In the Word was life. And the life was the light of all people. The Word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, full of grace and truth. Let us pray. Oh God, you know that we cannot withstand the dangers which surround us. Strengthen us in body and spirit so that with your help we may be able to overcome the weakness that our sin has brought upon us. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Our first reading this morning is from the 18th chapter of Deuteronomy. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him 
For this is what you ask of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, Let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire any more, or we will die. The Lord said to me, What they say is good. I will raise up from them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I commanded him. I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name. But a prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods is to be put to death. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our hymn this morning is uh, hymn 752 with one voice, I the Lord of sea and sky.
chapter of 1 Corinthians. Now about food sacrificed to idols, we know that we all possess knowledge, but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. Those who think they know something do not yet know as they ought to know, but whoever loves God is known by God. So then about eating food sacrificed to idols, we know that an idol is nothing at all in the world and that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, open parentheses, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, close parentheses. Yet for us, there is but one God, the Father from whom all things came and for whom we live, and there is but one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. But not everyone possesses this knowledge. Some people are still so accustomed to idols that when they eat sacrificial food, they think of it as having been sacrificed to a god, and since their conscience is weak, it is defiled. But food does not bring us near to God. We are no worse if we do not eat and, knew, and know better if we do. Be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone with a weak conscience sees you with all your knowledge eating in an idol's temple, won't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother or sister for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. When you sin against them in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause them to fall. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus heals a man with an unclean spirit. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in the, their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, 
convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice came out of him. And they were all amazed. So they questioned among themselves saying, what is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Our hymn of the day is number 642. Please be seated. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, my Lord and my Redeemer. Amen. When we come to church, each of us comes seeking something. It's like that in other areas of our life. I go to Rouse's for groceries. I go to CVS for my meds. I go to Sam's for gas from a truck. I know what I'm going for most of the time. And I remember most of the time. So, what do you expect when you come to church? Specifically, what do you expect to get from the, peach, from, the, from the preaching that you hear week in and week out? My wife will tell you that I'm probably the one who catches a snooze because my attention span is short. I'm like a kid. 
I can only go about seven minutes worth. One of the interesting things that we do on uh, Sunday evenings is we go over to Sharon's house and we watch our grandson, who is a vicar in Wisconsin. And when he has the sermon, we always get the, the, the clock out to watch how long he's going to be. <laughs> I know. You know, and, you know, he's seven, eight, nine, sometimes ten minutes. That's max for him. And I think, you know, I think that the presiding minister has a governor. You know, it's kind of like uh, when I used to drive an old pickup truck. You know, I knew that it had a limit. I knew that it couldn't go faster than 45. No matter how fast I wanted it to go, no matter how much I pressed my foot on the throttle, that old 52 Chevy, green Chevy pickup was not going to go fa any faster than that. So that's my, my story about my limitations, and I'm going to stick with that one. So then, what do you seek from the sermon each week? Do you want from the sermon what Jesus wants to give you? Jesus tells us the purpose of preaching. He says that preaching is to bring you to repent of your sins, and then from there, forgiveness of sins. From Luke chapter 24, and Jesus said to his disciples, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. That's the last thing Luke records before Christ's ascension. Might be important. Might be something we ought to take into consideration for our lives. Our lives really are not that different from the lives of the people in our gospel reading for today. We hear about the miracle of Jesus healing the demon-possessed men. But there's more in the text than just the miracle. There's a deep richness in our gospel. Jesus entered the synagogue to teach on the Sabbath. And the Greek text says, he struck them with force by his teaching. Jesus preached that day he didn't come there just to pass the time. His teaching amazed the people. They didn't sit back and scratch their, their chins and shake their heads and say, hmm, he's a pretty good speaker. He makes sense. No, what Jesus taught that day hit them like a car crashing into a brick wall. Life as they knew it was forever changed. Jesus' teaching differed from what they were used to when they came to the synagogue. 
They were used to the scribes getting up and droning on and on about their opinions and about the worthless human laws and customs that they had to live by. Jesus spoke with authority. They were amazed at his teaching. He spoke holy words that day. We know where his authority came from. We saw it at his baptism when he was baptized by John in the River Jordan. We saw the authority that he received at the Transfiguration. Both times God the Father spoke, this is my son who I and I am well pleased. One of the very last things. All authority is given to me on heaven and in earth. Go you therefore and teach all nations. Baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jesus was able to stand in the synagogue connecting the Old Testament to himself that he was the fulfiller of the Old Testament. But there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit and when he heard those words it says he shrieked That's what true teaching of God's word does. It makes evil shriek. You might feel uncomfortable when you hear God's law confront you. Why? Because you messed up. Because you've sinned. You need to come clean and admit that you need to tell God that you're not holy and righteousness enough by yourself. You need to tell God only he's holy and righteous enough. Enough to save us. Yes, the living word of God confronts and challenges evil, even when the evil lurk is lurking in you. It's that simple. That's why your sinful nature would much prefer to hear preaching that entertains and does not convict you of your sin. The powerful teachings of Jesus caused the demon to cry out in anger, anguish, and hate. That's how your sinful nature feels when God's word confronts your sin. Your sinful nature wants to shriek. Your sinful nature may even want nothing more to do with the messenger, the one who has been called to preach to you. After the demon shrieked, he said, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. It sounds like many de demons controlled the man, yet our text only speaks to one unclean spirit. So what did the demon mean by the word us? When the demon said us, he was talking about himself and all the other hearers in the synagogue. He was talking about you and me. What do you want from us? Have you come to destroy us? 
the demon that day, took truth and twisted it. He called Jesus the destroyer. The truth is, Jesus is not the destroyer. Jesus has come to destroy, not us, but our sin, death, the gates of hell. The demon couldn't stand Jesus preaching. It's the same with you and me. Our sinful nature hates the preaching of the pure doctrine of Christ. Faithful pastors do not seek to destroy the church. Faithful pastors must call sin what it is. Faithful pastors must also point out what is false. Not to destroy the church, but to help overcome sin. Jesus did come to destroy sin and death in the gates of hell. Not because he didn't love us. He loves his creation. So much that he had to destroy Satan and evil. So his love could overflow into our hearts. When the word of God is preached in its truth and purity. Then the gates of hell are overcome through the blood of Jesus Christ. Today, the victory is complete. Jesus died and rose from the dead. And so we have new life. So, why are you here? Well, I know why I'm going to Sam's. Okay. I know why I'm going to CVS. And sometimes I do know what I'm doing in Rouse's. You aren't here only for me to remind you of what Jesus once did. That's only part of the reason you're here. You came to see and meet Jesus in his holy word. Right here. Right now. He gives you what you need. Through the preaching of Christ crucified. You are like the man healed. In our gospel. Jesus is continually healing. And forgiving you and I. Through the hearing. Of the gospel. Every time you hear faithful preaching of Christ crucified every time you hear that Jesus has died for you the Holy Spirit brings you pardon, healing and strength the word the teaching of Jesus exposes Satan and his lies uncovers his deception and deceit but it is not just any word but the word made flesh Jesus Christ himself. Even more, such preaching brings life and peace to those who will spend eternity with Jesus. In Christ, we find more than peace. We find eternal peace. When we find joy in faithful preaching, it changes us and fills us more with Christ. Whenever you hear the life-creating word of Jesus, you are home. For through such preaching, God, the Holy Spirit, brings to you here and now all that Jesus lived, died, and rose to give you. And yes, Jesus loves you, even despite your sins, your doubts, in your human frailties. Yes, you come to church to receive something. You come to hear his word. Go in peace. <laughs>
Jesus loves you. God forgives you. Death has been swallowed up. The peace of Jesus is now your peace, now and forever. Amen. We continue with our hymn of response, 635.
provisions have been made back for your offering, the rise, and sing the offertory on page 50. Faithful 
the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, for to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. All these things and whatever else you see we need, grant us, O God, for the sake of Christ who died and rose again, and now lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Please be seated. 